Hello, and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of Theology Gaming, the blog. <laughs> With me today are three special guests. We have M. Joshua Collar. How you doing? I love you guys. <laughs> Ted Loring. Greetings. And Brian Hall. Good morning from the great state of Texas. All right, and that was like a really quick intro. <laughs> but one more thing. Theology Gaming Podcast and various subsidiaries are looking for sponsors. So if you would like to sponsor us or give me money, <laughs> please email me at Zach at TheologyGaming.com. We are awesome and I am super nice. So just throwing that out there. <laughs> and right. it's important to note that we have an, a, spe a special following in the uh, hardcore mechanical gaming community and the Germans. Yes, Germans in general. <laughs> Podcast.de. <laughs> we are not joking. <laughs> Guten Tag. <laughs> all right, so on to our topic today, which is not theology-based at all, unless you count spending more money than you should. <laughs> A theological topic. Hey, hey, Jesus talked about money more than anything else. That is true. That is true. And we are talking about Steam sales. <laughs> <laughs> Make us cower in fear. So, who and, wants to talk and about celebrate with joy? Oh, at yes. the same time, it's a, it's a it's a dichotomy. <laughs> All right, who wants to talk about spending money? Oh, oh, oh! Let me go first. Okay, go for it, Ted. This is this is Wildman Ted going first, and so I don't use Steam that much. But the other day, I got this email, a friendly little email from Steam that said, "Hey, there's this game you've been watching, and it's on your uh, watch list, wish list." And it's on sale. So it actually, it didn't say it that that high pitch voice like that. I've added that on my own in the editing. <laughs> so I, I click on Steam and there it is. And I know this is an old game, Half-Life, but I've always wanted to own it on a PC. And there it was for $2.49. So huh? I clicked on it. And then while I was there, I said, well, I'll just look at a couple more. And then there's Bastion for $2.49. So I clicked on that, and then I saw Hotline Miami for two forty nine. I've heard people talk about that. I don't know if it's good or bad, but so I click on that, and about six clicks later, I own Torchlight two, um, <laughs> some other games here. I can't see all of them on my list here, but no, maybe that's it. That's about where it stopped. But what is the deal? How can they do this where they're practically giving the games away? That's a good question. The the main the main reason why, and this the Gabe Newell of of Valve has has gone into depth on on this a lot better than I can. Um, but the, the basic the basic thing is, um, games, the games industry shortly after E three just kind of come grinds to a lull. Um, there might be a few games that are launching, but by and large, the games industry at this point in time in the year is not very eventful. And to make up for it, Valve said, "Let's do a special Steam sale." where we make all our games really cheap. Now, the reason why they, they, this is justifiable is because people are not buying games. And the, the psychology behind it is, if you take a game that people generally want and lower it to a much lower price, people are going to buy it. Obviously, as, we've, as many of us have experienced. But <laughs> a, a perfect case in point, Phil Fish of Fez, Polytron is his company, but he, Fez is his game. He said that um, when Fez released on the 360 last year, it got a it got a pretty good response, you know, and and they sold pretty well. And when it released on Steam, it sold pretty well. But all of the sales that they had combined 
were for for both PC and 360 were not even comparable to how much the game sold when it went on Steam sale. So, you know, even if even if it's half price, that's still a very sizable chunk of money when you have like 5 million people buying it. That's what I think makes it such a great idea is cuz the volume has got to pay off when really if you're a game maker, you just want people to play your game. Yeah. You know, and you've made your initial money at the beginning, so yes. it's I bet it's a pretty big push. I bet that the charts go up. I haven't yeah. heard any developers who've said that they dislike the Steam sale in any way. Yeah, and you'd think I'm that, sure there are some. I'm sure uh, yeah. yeah. I think the people who make The Witcher, what is it, CD Projekt? They oh, yeah. do not like Steam sales because they believe it devalues the quality or the value of the game. The perceived value. Yeah, so. Which makes sense considering I would never buy Witcher 2 for, less, for, for more than $5. <laughs> Well, the only reason, and, and, and there's two reasons. One, because the game is so massively huge, and I have still not made it anywhere in the first one. But, you know, when you have these, this huge, massive game, and you, you've seen it several times for $5, what's the point in paying for it when it's not $5? But I know that I got some games there at 249 but I don't think they're still at 249 It was this brief window, and they... I think uh, was it Brian? Did you said one of them went back up to seven forty nine or? Yeah, yeah, Bastion's back at seven forty nine right now. So they dipped it down, but I could tell somebody, "Hey, man, I'm playing this game, Bastion," and somebody's gonna look at it and go, "Well, seven forty nine is not that bad either," you know, and, and make the click. So yeah, I think and, there's a big payoff. And and that's the thing. There's three different kinds of sales on Steam sale. There's the the general standard of what the game is on sale, and almost every single game on Steam is on sale. There's 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 exceptions, but I'd say it's probably about 90% of the games on Steam are on sale. Now, then there's the dailies, and then there's the flash sales, uh, and then there's the community's choice. So I guess there's four. But the, the, the dailies are typically, you know, a game that's 50% off will go 75%. And then for the flash sales, that might, those are almost all like 75% and more off. And then the, the community choice, that's what people are voting on, and that's that's what, you know, I saw Gunpoint in there, and I, I grabbed Gunpoint because that, that was the one indie game that I was really, really excited about as it came out like a month or two ago. And, and it might have it was only like 50% off, but like 50% off, or, or maybe it was only even 40 but like for a brand new game to be that much cheaper is, is a pretty significant deal. So I, I snatched that up right away. It's crazy. So tell me this, guys. Do you, what, is, what is it with the trading cards? Are they real <laughs> trading cards? Or no. Are they, they're that, virtual trading cards? It's dumb. That's that's the, the, the bigger controversy. I mean, maybe not controver- controversy isn't the right word because everyone's so excited about the, the fact they're getting cheap games. But the problem is that Steam is very obviously and transparently becoming a psychological machine in which they use the, the philosophy and psychology of people getting things for not paying for things and, and the idea that you got to collect them all and, and playing off of people's desire to have more and, wa- and want things. And, and the Steam trading cards, the fact that when the sale started and I saw like all of the main games that were releasing came with cards, I was like, okay, this is A, unnecessary. B, this could be very bad for people who like to, who are like addicted to collecting things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or if you're a completionist in any way. Yeah, exactly, and that's and that's the thing that I'm I, I was kind of concerned about when, and I, I opted in on the beta for Steam trading cards because I thought like, hey, this is this is Valve. Anything that they do, I'm I want to be I want to learn about it. I want to know what they're doing with it. And 
I think after getting like my first and second trading card from playing like Counter Strike, I was like, I I don't know that I really earn these. I don't understand how it works, and I don't see any inherent value to it. So uh, I'm just gonna not pay any more attention to it. And I still have like maybe like 12 other cards that I just got through just stuff that I wasn't going for. But that's quite the collector, Josh. Yeah, (laughs) I have traded cards. I have like six of them. I don't know what they are. You've you've actually traded them? Because I haven't traded any. No, I just have them from buying things. You want to trade? (laughs) No, I don't want to (laughs) trade. Oh, oh, we can set up a chat and we can trade. They're pictures. It's bizarre. Yeah, I have I have foot football manager 2013 as I have two of those cards. Would I ever even consider buying that game? Oh, I'd hold on to those. Oh, yes. Watch out. (laughs) Yeah. I have Chivalry, Modern Warfare, Dead Island Riptide, Prison Architect. I don't remember buying that. Skyrim. I don't even know where to look at it to find yeah. out if I have any. A lot, a lot of the, the release of cards comes from if you buy a game that is on the daily list. So whatever game is the feature game on the daily list. So for the first day, it was Bioshock Infinite. If you bought any game on the daily page, you would have gotten the Steam card. What did I buy? Where do I see it, though? I'm looking at my games list. I've only bought five games. I don't understand. (laughs) How do I have six cards? I want my cards! Where are they? This is confusing. This is retarded. (laughs) (laughs) They're fake cards you trade. (laughs) Thanks for bringing me back to Earth, Brian. You're right. How can you... Oh, my gosh. And you trade these things? Come on, people. Yeah, it's, It's so, like... Like, you have to realize that everyone who uses Steam, A, has a credit card, and B... And, and for that reason, is over the age of 18. This is so dumb. <laughs> and so you're literally taking a, a demographic of 18 to, six, to 60 year olds and reducing them to kindergarten. Like You this put is, it like that, yeah. I feel like an idiot. Yes, you should. <laughs> I'm a caffeine adult adult. I need trading cards. <laughs> Please give them to me. See, now what, now what they, Steam needs to do is they need to upgrade their mobile app so that the Steam cards are a part of the, the series, and you can just tap another person's mobile mobile phone, and and then you can you know Im- immediately share your trading cards like oh, an actual when you're don't, actually on a schoolyard. Don't give them this ideas. This is getting worse. Stop, <laughs> stop. Do not give Valve any ideas. They don't need wow. my ideas. They they, te- they they user test everything to the to death. So I'm sure they already have math behind all of this. Because I'm looking at the list of games I bought the Steam sale, and I do not see any. I see like two or three that give trading cards, so I don't know where the rest came from. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have any. I'll have to report on that later. Hey, uh, guys, speaking of trading and going to work, I'm actually may look that up and try to trade with some of my my uh, workers. <laughs> but I do have to leave and actually make a living. So I just wanted to say thanks for letting me pop in, and you guys continue to knock at knock it out of the ballpark. And uh, eat leave it each. <laughs> Bye, Ted. Love you, Ted. Right, Bye-bye. Bye. Cool. Did so, he just uh, cuss us out, or what was no, that? No, that was that was something in German that I don't know, which which is a lot. Wow. I hope he didn't swear or cuss at me. I think he did. Because if he did, then I'm going to have to censor this. <laughs> <laughs> For our German friends. Anyway, so I bought exactly five games this uh-huh. Steam sale, and they oh. were all dirt cheap. So Yeah. Yeah. What is it? I bought. Uh, it was mostly strange games that I wanted. Yeah, I'd to imagine buy. that would be mostly obscure Japanese 
based games of some form or another. Yeah, I think I bought Which East, one, Zach? I bought East Chronicles 1 and 2. I've been looking for that for a while. Yosumin, which is a Square Enix puzzle game. From which, 2009. Yeah. It, I've played it for three hours already, apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, but apparently Steam well, you thinks... You like those action, action puzzle games. Yeah, Steam seems to think all puzzle games are called casual games, so... Mm-hmm. That's confusing to me. I think that's yeah. Well, that, and that and that just has has a lot to do with the you know the culture around puzzle games today and what they think that that is considering iOS players and stuff. I don't know. Yosumian is intense, intense. <laughs> I love the time limit. Anyway, keep going. Penny Arcade on the Rain Slick Precipice of Darkness Four, which I got for like a dollar. Yeah, that was one that we played at, at PAX together. Yeah, I didn't get really get a feel for it, but now I'm gonna actually play it. That's yeah. all it's worth. <laughs> uh, Torchlight 2, I think everybody picked that up. No. And Left 4 Dead 2, which I've been waiting for forever. But, you know, $5 yes. is as good as anything. I saw the uh, the thread on Game Church City where everyone was talking about whether or not they should buy that. And I, I in terms of having, if you're if you're part of any kind of community that, that can, like, set up a game and say, hey, let's get together at this time and play it, then that's definitely one of the games that you want to have. Regardless of, you know, not not to say that the game... I, I don't know. I've only played it with bots, so I can't really say whether I like it or not with other players, but it'll definitely be nice to be able to play with other people. Yeah, it's kind of strange sometimes, but mm-hmm. it's enjoyable nonetheless. It's basically, you know, co-op games, you really don't have to do much. <laughs> so, yeah. And then yeah. I have other things I want to buy, but I'm pretty sure they're not going to go on sale. Yeah, now you have... You're, you're one of those guys with, like, an ultimate steam library aren't you yeah it looks like i have 298 games okay yeah that's that's a good that's a good size i mean but how long have you had your steam account since 2005 half-life 2 came out right and then i believe i got gaming pc the next year and then i had a free code for half-life 2 came with my graphics card so Uh that's when i opened up my steam account Cool. So, so I've had it for a long time. Yeah, but I'd imagine that for the most part, a lot of that was not really like being super, super into it and, and following a lot of Steam sales in the past. Well, there's only been, this is only the third Steam sale from what I understand. Yeah, I think. I mean, Steam summer sale. There's been other, there's other sales during the, the Thanksgiving and Christmas breaks. Yeah, um, that's the ones that kind of padded this collection up. Plus yeah. all these humble bundles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think exactly. that's really what happened. I got all I mean, these games for like $5, and it's like, oh, here's 15 or 20 new games inside exactly. your library. All of a sudden, out of nowhere. Yeah, and that's the same thing for me. I mean, I started my Steam my Steam profile only last year, and I think that at the very beginning of last summer, I had literally only Civilization Five, And now I think my, my actual Steam... Let me see what my Steam profile says. I think that I have, yeah, 171. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so it's not just me; it's the humble bundles, and that's and that's all games. It doesn't include software. So that's and and yeah, and I I, I am really really drinking the the humble bundle Kool Aid, and 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 at first it was like, well, well, the stuff the humble bum, hum, humble bundle six, and all these games that I had heard tons of stuff about, finally got them, and immediately after that I was like, indie games are where it's at. <laughs> Yeah, I think the other thing is that I basically just went, I'm going to go buy every game I want to get on all these sales in the next year, and that's basically what I did. Yeah. So that's how I got, like, all Assassin's Creed for, like, $25. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Around last summer-ish. So I was just like, I'm just going to buy all these things and then never have to buy anything again. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, it's, it's good thinking as long as you have like a very clear set plan in place. But uh, I think that for the most part, a lot of us are like, Ooh, I want to play that someday. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've been really reticent to just buy anything on the yeah, and, and, you, and you have to be really careful because like, because of, of the, the very sheer psychology of OMG, I want, I need, I think I can, you know, and it's never going to be that, that price again. And, and, you know, that the psychology of justification when you don't ha- actually have the funds. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, oh, sleeping dogs. And I said to myself, I'm not going to enjoy this. So <laughs> Yeah. And sleeping dogs, honestly, like if, if, if I didn't have the, the console version that I got on PlayStation Plus for free, <laughs> I would definitely consider, you know, six, six, four, eight, nine sounds really affordable, except for the fact that I already got it for free. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I understand entirely now. Uh, before I share the games that I got on it, Brian, did have you? What's what are your thoughts on the Steam sale, and have you participated yet? I have not participated at all. I really I don't like gaming on the PC anymore since I got a laptop that sounds like a jet engine. <laughs> it kind of kills it for me. Otherwise, I, I do have a somewhat of a Steam library, but nothing like you guys. You guys are insane. I know. Um, I'm dumb. <laughs> I didn't say dumb. The trading cards are dumb. You're not dumb. I have trading cards though. Yeah. So I, I don't play. I have a laptop that has an i7 in it, but it I got it when it came out, and they couldn't figure out how to cool it yet. So huh. it's it's a bit loud, and so I don't yeah. play PC games anymore. Oh, okay. Hmm. So I have, I, I'm on my PlayStation. I'm on my 3DS. I'm on everything but the PC. And your but, iOS device. Do you, do you have an iPhone or an iPad or both? Uh, iPod. I've always had an iPod. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, li- I like them. Yeah. I would I like prefer it. to play everything with a controller, but, you know, when you get Steam sales, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> no, and that's that's understood. What kills me is the prices on these, and then I wish it was on the PS3, you know? Oh, yeah. There's, there's quite a few games on here that I would like, but I want a controller to play with it, and that's the problem. I just need a PC controller. Yeah, and, and well, do you... Do oh, you have, have a PS3 uh, controller. You can do that. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've seen that. I haven't done it, though. I've, I tried to do it and I couldn't figure it out, so I just gave up. <laughs> well, if you have yeah. a Mac, it's impossible. Well, if you have no, a, actually no, if you have a if you have a Mac, it's actually a lot easier than a PC. Like for whatever reason, like that's how I played Bastion. Uh, I I just plugged in my PC control or my PS3 controller and tapped the center button and it eventually synced. But it wasn't very clear on when it was synced and when it wasn't synced, so I had to figure that out. Uh-huh. But um, it was pretty much plug and play. So yeah, that worked actually pretty well on my Mac. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, as, uh, the thing about um. Uh, for PC, if you just get a wired uh, 360 controller, you should be fine. I I have a uh, one of my one of my friends ha- just let me have his wired 360 controller, so that's kind of what I use for whenever I'm going to be playing a game that's a lot more twitchy and re- and requiring of of quick response. They're actually expensive still. I think they're maybe 39. That sounds about right. That, and that and that that can sometimes be a good time to try to find out what's at a not only used places, small mom and pop used places. Like there's a couple of like used game places in my area that are just owned by guys around this area that aren't GameStop. That can be pretty, pretty cost effective. They were the same price. Oh yeah. That... I, I went into one the other day and I asked and the guys, yeah, he, yeah, he said it was, you know, it's the price basically of the new one. And I'm like, okay, why am I in this store and why am I buying from you? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. have a PS3 controller though, right? Yeah. Well, basically, all you need is the USB cord, and you just plug that into your PC and then download a program called Motion Enjoy, and it basically installs PS3 drivers, and you can make it emulate a 360 controller. So it does the same thing for nice. free. Yeah. I'm going to have to try that. That's what I usually do. I play Bastion through the whole way with it, so and it works fine. 
You guys actually like that game. Uh, it's um, okay. Zach, Zach doesn't like it. Um, it's in. It's one of my favorites. I have the t-shirt. I actually uh, just I recently... I have the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm totally drinking the Kool-Aid. Mega um, fan. Yeah, yeah. I Well, the thing is, like, I, I very much enjoy so many things about the game, but I do after, you know, being uh, effectively Oliver jaded. <laughs> I'm not jaded. I, I no, just no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, you, you effectively caught, you know, your, your influence on me is very apparent when I realize that I can see through all the, all the aesthetics to pure mechanics, which is, which is good, which is really important and which is why I, you know, enjoy writing for, for Substance TV and that it's all been very good exercise for me, especially as I think about game design. But Bastion in particular is the PC version from all that, all that I've played and, and, and also the console version seem to be very liberal in their amount of giving you potions to re- to heal yourself with. My work recently got an iPad for me and Bastion got super cheap. It was only a dollar. So I got I got the I got Bastion for iPad because I was really curious as to what the controls were like considering it, you know, there's either there's there's a lot of different philosophies on how you do iPad controls. But it's touch-based, of course, but it's location on the map. So as you see, like, the top-down perspective of the kid, wherever you tap is where you go, and all the actions are kind of automatic. So, like, if an, you see an enemy, suddenly you're, you're pulling your breaker's bow, or if an enemy comes close to you and you have your hammer equipped, you start swinging it, which is kind of weird. But the health is a lot less liberal, so it, the, the health potions are a lot less liberal, and you don't have, like, an inventory that you can click on. I, I'm only, like, on, like, the third level, so I, I don't know how, how it is long-term. But all that, all that huh. simply to say, like, the, the, the sheer mechanics of Bastion are, aren't super-duper high-refined high compared to most action games. But it's, it's still novel and, and unique and interesting, and I highly recommend it to everybody. Yeah, I would say I would recommend it in virtue of it being an indie game to everyone but i'm not sure for full price 15 dollars is a bit steep <laughs> for mm-hmm. me anyway but anyway back to steam sales yeah 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 sorry <laughs> no there's there's too many other indie games that i'd recommend before bastion I, I can't recommend that at all such as trying to think here bit trip runner that entire series is freaking amazing now huh. I, you I like I, endless I, runner well mm-hmm. they're not they're not endless runners mm-hmm. Bit Trip runner is uh is level based and it's actually a Secretly, a, a music game, maybe not so secretly, with no, kind of bad not. controls. Actually, no, 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 no. They're they're amazing. Bitrate Run, Runner Two. That's I've been playing that lately. It's a really good game. I yeah. played the first one up until I beat the first world, and I'm I don't know. It doesn't do anything for me. The the fail states were a little too harsh for my tastes. It's brutal. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if, if Zach would like it more than me because he likes dying. Uh, <laughs> some levels are just far too long i think odyssey yeah. i hate that level <laughs> with a passion you know I, its name i know <laughs> that's how many times i played it wow <laughs> anyway i don't know i mean Brian. i mean you have that you have you have guacamole which yeah. is amazing i mean yeah, the, just... the, the, the action in guacamole is probably some of the, the nicest that i've ever seen in an indie game i mean there's there's just so many other games i don't know bastion was just, it was okay yeah, I think the main reason why people celebrate it more than anything else is the narrative and the style of just a combination of, of style, art, and storytelling. But most most essentially, the reason why the game gets so much attention is because of the storytelling, the reactive storytelling. And I can see that. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's okay. Cool. It's okay. So what else did you get, Josh? 
What'd you okay, get? so um, what I got, um, one of the first things that I got was Under the Ocean. So I, I was I was trying to pay a lot of attention. Oh, no, the very, very first thing that I got, and I'll get to Under the Ocean, but the very first thing that I got was Dragon Age Ultimate Edition, not because of any other reason than the fact, and, and I don't know how proud of that, of that I am because I have already played through the whole Dragon Age Origins and Awakening, but I mean, like, when you have the whole of that game and all the DLC for, for like, eight eight fifty or whatever it was, yeah. I was like, all right, this is something... Deal. Yeah, and they say the PC version is the best. So you know. for the first game, that is true by a mile, because the because yeah. com- the whole combat system is designed like Baldur's Gate in the first game. So yeah, it and, makes that, and that was sense the first thing that I noticed, which was kind of weird because you you have that that the quote unquote tactical view, which you can oversee the whole field of combat, which which is cool. It just you know that's I didn't grow up on CRPGs, so like I didn't. Neither did I. <laughs> well. You, you also have a lot more of a uh, of a heart for them than I do, I think. But yeah, in any case, like so playing that, uh, just playing the first like half hour of, of that game from the perspective of only playing the console version was, was kind of unique and, and showed me a, a little bit about how that was different and the things that made that that game in particular particularly uh, standouting, uh, standing, I'm using terrible English. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, the Dragon Age Origins. Then the next thing that I got was, as I said, Under the Ocean, which is a best described as a survival sandbox style game, very akin to something like Don't Starve and Minecraft Survival. Reminds um, me of uh, Lost in Blue on the DS. Yeah, yeah, very similar. Lost in Blue is is definitely very similar because you're you're abandoned on a desert island and you are a kind of like a, a strange surrealist character of sorts, and you basically Unsurrealistically, like Neverhood. Yeah, yeah, he looks a little bit like something from Neverhood. But the the basic idea is that you have to go around and find all these crude objects and turn them into tools, and use them for survival. So you come across a stick, you can suddenly sharp, you can sharpen that into a, a sharpened stick. You and and then uh, if you find a long stick, you can sharpen it into a, a stick and then sharpen a rock and put it on there and have a spear and use that to spear fish. Then you, and, and then there's things like finding flint, using that to create fire and light things. And it's universally only like 250, I think, right now, which was kind of surprising. It's, it's a early release. So the game hasn't actually, won't actually come out. It's currently in technically alpha. So it's still really, really rough. It's, it was made in Unity. So there's a lot of the, the quirks of, of early Unity games. But I, I do recommend it to anybody who likes the survival sandbox style of game and hmm. I th- it's it's going to be one that I, I, I I'm going to be curious to follow since it's an early release just like Don't Starve was an early release game when Don't Starve first came out it was basically just you trying to stay alive and people got bored pretty quickly but if you play Don't Starve now it's like ridiculous in terms of the amount of content and and amount of things and I know that the under the ocean guys I believe it's just two guys who are making it. They're not going to make some crazy huge amount of content, but they're going to make it as robust as they possibly can over the next year or so. So I'm I'm excited to opt in on that early. Then I also got I got the full version of Cart Life. You can get Cart Life for free, but which comes with just the two two of the playable characters. But the if you pay for it, you get the third playable character, and it, it's just such a, for lack of a better term, it's 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 just a weird game. <laughs> huh? I mean, yes, it looks like it. <laughs> So it's entire, not a hobo simulation, or close, uh, sort of. Like in in one sense, like you're not, you're not actually a hobo. You're just one step away from being a hobo. Your guy is getting back on his feet, or a girl uh, trying to get back on their feet. Like you either play as a, a bagel stand owner, a newspaper guy, or a coffee shop owner. And the coffee shop owner, she is trying to get custody of her daughter. The bagel shop owner is just trying to get get back up and running again after you know just realizing that he sucked at life in other ways. 
and the newspaper guy is trying to make a living in America for the first time ever, and also keep his cat hidden from his landlord. <laughs> and the whole the whole game has a a, a, a monochromatic Atari esque look, which you know will rub a lot of people the wrong way. And there's just so many weird like things. Like all of a sudden, at the end of your first day, you see your character taking a shower in super pixelated like. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's awkward. Like the game is quite literally awkward. And when you when your character gets really really hungry, he starts biting his hand, <laughs> and like it's just this really chip tunesy soundtrack. Which anyway, I'm I'm getting too much into that. Cart Life, I highly recommend uh, for everybody to at least try for the free version. If you go to Cart Life's website, you can get it for free. Which it, it was the indie game uh, indie games festival winner of this year, which just is a state is is indicative of how unique of a game it is uh richard Hoffmeyer is a really fascinating game designer so i highly recommend it and it's all about it's all about empathy with people for for people who typically just get passed along the street then uh, i got receiver uh, most of the games that i got are like experimental indie games but receiver the 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 most no- noteworthy conceit about that is that it's the first realistic gun simulator of sorts and it has that's the only realistic part about it everything else is kind of like blade runnery but the idea is that you it's it's a it's a procedurally generated roguelike roguelike and you basically just spawn somewhere in this large house and you have to find cassette tapes and you have a gun and you might or you might not have a gun you might have to find a gun and there's these drones that are floating around and it's one hit kills and permadeath so once you start over you have to start over from scratch and might spawn at a, in a different place in the house, and it might not be the same exact house each time. It's a little bit different. So the actual layout and the design of the game isn't terribly interesting. But what <laughs> is interesting is the, the graphics aren't either. The gun. The, the graphics aren't either. It's it's, a, oh. it's it was actually made in about seven days as a part of a game jam, and it was made in Unity. So a lot of, again, a lot of the the rougher elements of, of a Unity game. But the unique thing about it is the unique realistic gun mechanics, or at least having to deal with keeping track of how many bullets you have using a memory and looking in the actual chamber and the actual magazine itself. There's buttons. Most of the controls are built around controlling your gun and your flashlight. And so that that's actually one of the really unique things about it. It's weird because it doesn't run super smooth on my PC. Like I'll, I'll play something like Dragon Age or full featured games of, of today and they run perfectly smooth, but receiver doesn't because it's, it's I mean, it's, it's a rough early game and some other people will probably have absolutely no problem with it whatsoever. I, I have to, I, I'd, it'd be funny if I played it on my Mac and it ran perfectly smooth, which is possible. So that's receiver, which have you have you guys heard of this at all before before I, I mentioned it? No, I saw it on your what you bought, but I think I think it might have only been real popular on obscure indie news sites for a while because I thought that like it was like a really big deal that everyone was was talking about, and then I realized it only had like two reviews on Metacritic. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I so, I would never play this. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> the the other two games that you've mentioned were actually their art styles were interesting. This is no. I think I mean like and, there's... and why would you ever want to count bullets? Isn't it the goal just to unload and just have fun? Well, and, and that has that's actually part wanna, of the the you philosophy count them? behind it. <laughs> One, and, two, and that, and that's part of the whole like roguelike, super hard sort of thing that 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 it's going for. But I I think that it's also about like just calling into question the cavalier attitude that people have with guns in games and them just being so for lack of a better term video gamey yes that's why i play games <laughs> <laughs> so that it's not like real life yeah that's right and, and 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 there could be the whole like gun porn sort of thing about it too and i, I, I don't know whether anything it, about that 
No, I, I just mean like, oh, you know, I'm there's just... a lot of games that are all about like, let's look at these fancy guns and look at how you can customize them. And they're all about like, let's celebrate the guns. And this one I don't think is about necessarily celebrating guns as much as just showing you how freaking pain in the butt they are to use in real life. Like they're not like you aim and pull the trigger and that's all that they do in real life. But Can you win? I, I believe so. I believe if you find all the of the cassettes, you win. But it's really hard to get the drop on a lot of the drones because, like, as soon as you peek around the corner, right. GoldenEye style, like they they usually spot you, and and you just have to be quicker to the draw. Okay, this is not realistic. The guy just used a pistol to make a long distance shot that was impossible. <laughs> and you would he know this out, how? <laughs> well, he took out a light on top of a tower, and the tower was extremely small, and he just lined it up with the sights, and it perfectly hit it. There's no way you could do that with a pistol. The the actual firing mechanics probably aren't as astute as the as the the handling of the gun and the it, guns themselves. It reminds me of Trespasser. What's that? Uh, the Jurassic Park game. Hmm. Oh, really? Okay, you need to you need to YouTube that. All right, I'll do that. Is that from recently, you. or is that no, like... no, 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 old. no? It's old. Check it out. <laughs> Cool. I'll check that out. Yeah. So. Oh, anyway. that game. What? What? What else, Josh? That 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 game was terrible. What else you got? Yeah. yeah no, 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 and and that's the thing. Like, I don't I don't know how how sold I am on on whether or not it's actually good or not. <laughs> but it's at least novel. And then I also got Surgeon Simulator 2013, which is one uh, one game another game that has really really janky controls, but quite intentionally. The the idea of it is you're a surgeon, and I played the I played the beta as soon as it came out of the game. Or, the Alpha, I guess, which came out of Game Jam. But the, the idea of, of Surgeon Simulator is that you are a left hand and oh using using A, W, E, and R and the space button, um, those are your, how you control each individual finger. And you move around with your mouse and you have to perform, perform surgery. I couldn't do um, this. It is... It, I can't either. It's actually, like, intentionally ridiculously hard and that's kind of the joke of it. Oh, God. Um, the video is terrible. <laughs> it's like a giant joke, basically. It's yeah, it's it's a, it's a giant joke, and I, that's why I didn't buy the game when it first came out for retail. And I thought that like once they made it retail, I was like, I already played this, this game. What's what's so different? And it's just that they fleshed out all the concepts. They made it a lot more built in, like different levels and achievements and different things that you could do. And the opening menu is actually kind of cool because you can actually play if you can somehow position your hand to get the floppy drive into this old computer you can actually play one of the company's other games on the computer itself which is fun that's, deep dungeons of doom uh, and then I couldn't handle i couldn't handle i'm trying to stick the vhs tape cassette into the um player yeah and and putting the vhs into the player oh, like I, ha- I haven't actually successfully done that yet because it is terrible it is exceptionally hard to do it's, it's the same <laughs> game design philosophy as something like quap which is you know all about taking something that is very mundane and normal like walking or running and making it a game where you can barely control it's and, and that's and that's kind of the humor of it now i don't find the game super especially fun <laughs> however in in a group setting like this would be the perfect thing to play at like for like game cell or at like a party where everyone's seeing how ridiculous it is and, and laughing at how stupid it is that you have to use a hammer to bust a guy's chest cavity open and then you can pull out the bones pull out the the lungs and the liver and then pull out the heart and shove a new heart in there, and suddenly the surgery is complete. <laughs> this is this is not trauma center. No, this is not trauma center. This is much no. more into this. Actually, a lot of the, the the philosophy and the design around this is based on the the medic from Team Fortress Two, and the idea that you know all, he he all he really does is just throws things around and messes with 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 his patients, and then shoots his healing gun, and then suddenly everything's fixed. <laughs> Yay! 
Wow, this looks <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so those, I like those... Drama Center better because it's like zombie werewolves have caused your patient to be sick. Go in and kill them. <laughs> Trauma Center is one that I should probably get on on Wii. But yeah, so those those are the the indie games that. Oh, uh, and uh, Gunpoint. Gunpoint is the one of the other indie games that I got. And this one is by far the the standout of all the indie games that I got. And I knew that going in. I knew that it was just going to be one of the, the essentials purely because the fact it's about thinking through a a plan. It's kind of a mixture of, of stealth and infiltration and being a spy and stuff like that. And you also have special pants that let you fall from any height and launch to launch really Stre- high stretchy pants <laughs> very very stretchy pants stretchy uh, pants the game was actually also designed by tom francis who's a was a games writer for a long period of time and this is his first venture out into into game design and it's he kind of smashed it out of the park in terms of all the things that are unique and novel about stealth games are mostly about you know like how do i not be seen how do i take out my oh. foes stuff like that but this factors in so much more sheer humor. Like one of one of the things that you can do as soon as you launch, uh, your pants have a uh, a meter. Once you hold down your click, then you charge up your pants and <laughs> pants meter. No, no yeah, quite this literally. This is so bizarre. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. And then you launch. You can launch at, at a a guard, and then once you land on him, you can either click once to punch, or you can just keep punching <laughs> uh, very quickly uh, until they die. And and it's it's surprisingly funny. Like like usually. <laughs> It's, and, and you'll get like text messages to your character and it'll be like, you can, you can, I think he, I think you're good. I think he's done all sorts of notifications. And there's conversation with other characters that you meet throughout the game that give you missions. And it has a 1940s detective style with a, with a nice little jazzy soundtrack huh. and it's really cool looking. Yeah. Yeah. And like everything about this game just knocks it straight out of the park this this was actually this might actually be in competition for the the top game of the year for me the only other game two other games that i got for steam sale one was dead island because uh not because i think it's a good i thought it was going to be a good game just just because i was curious enough to see what the gameplay was like and i don't recommend it to anybody because the 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 story and the language are just awful oh Um, i played it before it's hilarious yeah yeah the mechanics the, the story is super duper dumb the voice acting is Okay, this is obviously a 14-year-old girl pretending that she has some Chinese descent. Um, <laughs> you know, it's cheap that way. Yeah, it's super cheap that way. But the uh, the, the combat's interesting. You know, it's it's kind of like it's basically Borderlands with melee objects um, that you can throw, and that's so it's, it's it's interesting from that that standpoint. And and the, the the sequel Riptide was part of the sale, and I just got that one because it was only five bucks and whatever. The other, nice. the other one was uh, Toki Tori, which is a kind of mixture of plat- puzzle platformer. Um, and I was much more interested in the sequel um, when I heard that it was a, a, an open-world Metroidvania. But Toki Tori is kind of a little bit more of a, a classic like menu-based level structure. Here's this level, here's that level, mm-hmm. at least from what I've seen so far. And it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, you play as a, bird, a chicken going around collecting eggs, and the, a lot of it's about figuring out how do you get from point A to point B. And it's probably closest to offspring fling as far as like other indie games that i can relate it to <laughs> except for the fact that you don't throw babies in this so far which is a little disappointing um, <laughs> but yeah so that those are those are all the games that i got on steam sale and if you'll let me talk about one other game if you don't mind so I'm, I'm like begging um <laughs> is uh the one the, other, the one game that i'm like playing probably most seriously right now is rogue legacy which i would suggest will probably be one of the the biggest and most noteworthy indie games of this year and it's still just you know indie games are kind of like slow rise to popularity like they, they're not tank of marketing behind them that that triple a games do and they just slowly 
stand out. And Rogue Legacy is is definitely one of those kinds of games. Yeah, it looks pretty cool the first time I saw it. Now, I Brian, am you, probably going to buy it, to be honest. Yeah, I think you will. I think you're going to very much like it. I'm, and I'm, I'm reviewing it right now for Game Church, and I very much am appreciating it. But the, the novel and unique parts of it. Brian, are you familiar with – have you heard of this game at all? I've, I've heard a lot about it. I'm watching the video right now. So this yeah. is only on the PC, huh? It's only on the PC right now, which is a little bit of a travesty. And I'd imagine that uh, if uh, I was Sony, I would be actually going after this guy quite intentionally. And they probably have, knowing Sony and their yeah. appeal to indie developers right now. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Rogue Legacy on the PS3 by the end of the year. The the general, the central conceit, and, and that's just, you know, me assuming things. But the central conceit <laughs> of the game is that you start out as as a guy who goes into a castle who dies very quickly <laughs> and as you're trying to save the prince or figure something out i don't i don't even remember what the original goal of, of the castle is um other than to win it's, it's basically castlevania but as soon as he dies his heir has to avenge him and so then his heir comes up and continues the journey based on the gold that he had accrued from his that his ancestor had had accrued and uh once you get to the castle there is a gatekeeper sharon who is a troll basically who takes all the rest of your money. So you have to spend all the money that you get from your ancestor before you go into the castle, and that usually and, and that works well because uh, that's how you upgrade. So it's not a rogue like it's a rogue light in the fact that there's still character progression despite the fact that you're going to be dying a lot. And each character, each of your ancestors, the, there's different classes. Like there's the barbarian who has greater health, the shinobi who's really fast and has high crits but low magic or and there's, there's just different strengths and weaknesses for classes that you pick each time you get to pick from three of your heirs, and they go forward, but they also have a downside. So you might have one who might be uh, colorblind, and then the, the whole world is in black and white, or they might have vertigo and everything, and you literally have to play the game upside down, Then, or which is rare. Some, some characters are, are, are just gay, and there's no real downside to the actual character other than, you know... There's <laughs> Does not that mean really... he's happy? There's homosexuality in the game, or what are we talking about? We explore no, gender. Or? They're just traits. Yeah, well, there's each of your heirs could be male or female, and each each of your characters, you know that they're female because they have a little bow above their head. Nice. Um, but the the gay That's characters, there's sexist. no there's no strengths or, or uh, weaknesses to being gay, or any real real impact on the world. But each character might have like uh, some some traits are sheerly beneficial, like ADHD uh, means that your character is fast or Irritable bowel syndrome means that your character just has a cloud of stink behind them. Um, Does it do anything? Not in particular. Um, Stereo blind means that your character can't, uh, that when they turn, they look like Paper Mario. Um, (laughs) And like you see the the, the, the 2D sprite moving on a, uh, rotating on a 3D plane. Um, (laughs) And those things are really cute and and fun. Um, But this makes it uh, a lot more strategic as you go through the game and and try to figure out which which traits am I going to honor in terms of going down the line of my family, which classes you prefer and things like that might have a little bit more of an iteration. Um, uh, For the mage character, what's funny is that you know that they're a mage because they have a beard, which is funny if it's a girl because she still has a beard. Um, <laughs> it's it's very it's very it's very lighthearted. She's um, just a bearded lady. Yeah, she's just a bearded. See, and that's and that's just the downside. I mean, that's why ladies don't mess with magic. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, the game is ridiculously hard. I've uh, gone through probably about forty generations or better, and I have not yet beaten any main bosses. But uh, as you finish each round, you end up your character has a certain level of amount of gold. 
um, and you use that gold for um, either a building up the stats of your in, of of your uh, heirs or your um, uh, upgrading your equipment. And that could be you know you get a new cape, a new sword, a new shield, or new runes. And runes are things that you can only get in the game if you complete special challenge rooms, which are all very hard. And in a game that's very hard with special hard challenges to get uh, modifiers to your character's abilities, by and large, like I, I very, very much respect the game, but I'm a little annoyed at how, how much I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's intentional, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're supposed no. to be very bad at it. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. Like This game and uh, The Binding of Isaac have a lot in common in terms of their sheer play style and the fact that you're experiencing new things each time you play the game and of course, the nature of procedurally generated dungeons and stuff. But all, all through and through, I'd, I'd have to say that the the aspect of death as a certain level of reward, um, in terms of you uh, passing whatever you have gotten to your to your next generation, is really unique. Like there's there's a there even though you're dying, there's there's still a certain level of progress, which I like. And maybe is is uh, even though I each time that I die in uh, something like the Binding of Isaac, and I still want to go and, and start up again the next time. Um, it isn't. It's still a lot more discouraging when you when I when you die in that game because it's like I, I I just spent all that time and now I have I didn't make any real real progress other than that I learned that I can't that I that I suck at this part you know or whatever. <laughs> uh, so. w- one random mythology reference. I know that Charon is the the ferryman between the living world and the underworld across the river ah. Styx. So that's the little fun mythology reference in the game. Ah, cool. Because once yeah. you cross the river, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's actually really cool. Yeah, that's that's smart. It's a lot less, it's a lot more subtle than just another Cthulhu reference. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. No more Cthulhu references, please. Yeah, we have enough of that with... Uh, oh, um, that's one thing that I'd like to hear about from Brian. I know this is a little bit divergent going on as something completely different, but Pacific Rim, speaking of Cthulhu references, I know I saw on, on Facebook that you went and saw this movie. Could you tell us a little, a little bit about that? It is the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously? Well, I mean, it had huge logical gaps. It, it had a scientist subplot, which I didn't like because I wanted to see more robots... And monsters beat the crap out of one another. And that's the best part about movies like that. Same oh. thing with Transformers. See, I hate the Transformer movies. Hate them. Yeah, no, I hate them too. But that's because they they actually try to have humans in the story. Is this and more like a Godzilla film? Uh, with the Matrix thrown into it. That sounds <laughs> bizarre. And Power Rangers. Lots yeah, of Power Rangers. Yeah, I mean, it's a Guillermo like del Toro movie, so that means like he's he's like the master of like monster movies and like you know with his Hellboy credentials and. All the uh, you know other of the other various movies like Pan's Labyrinth and stuff like that. So I mean, he knows how to do monster movies really well. Yeah. When um, I when I say Godzilla, I don't mean Matthew Broderick Godzilla. I mean oh. <laughs> Japanese kaiju that. Godzilla. Yeah. This is this is straight up kaiju uh, from what I understand. But um, I'm and not. That would ex- make me happy. I, I yeah. recommend the movie. It was it was way too much fun. I just sat there and smiled the entire time. <laughs> how did, now did, did, you, did you go by yourself or did you go with your wife? No, no, my wife didn't want to go, so I had a friend call, and he's like, do you want to go? And I said, yes, most definitely. <laughs> so yeah, I, I recommend going. Uh, make sure you go with someone who actually wants to see the movie, because that helps a little bit. But it's just one of those where you just kind of turn your brain off and, and watch the film. Watch robots and monsters beat the crap out of one another. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good. I, I do recommend it. Yeah, I do recommend it. So, so you guys have been while you guys have been buying stuff on Steam, I've actually been playing games. Oh uh, no! <laughs> Animal Crossing New Leaf has been my addiction. It, it's been out of control. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anybody who said anything other than the fact that this game is way too addicting. I'm I'm kind of sad that both of you guys aren't playing. Uh, we uh. could be trading fruit and stuff like that. 
If I had a 3DS, I, I probably wouldn't be playing it. And the only reason why is because my wife would. She'd probably <laughs> take it from you. Yeah, I'm sure she would. Like, she's, like she steals my iPad every night. If I so, had a 3DS, I'd be playing Shin Megami Tensei 4, probably. Yeah. I've been debating on that. So I've been playing that, and then I've been playing... My wife got me Mass Effect 3. Uh-huh. So And you like my, it. Oh, I love it. But here's Mass here's Effect the 3 thing. is absolutely phenomenal, and, uh, and the ending is just what changes a lot of people's perceptions about it. My, my beef with it is I think it shows, I mean, it, it's kind of the pinnacle of video game storytelling to me. But at the same time, I think it shows its limits because the oh, acting yeah. is extremely wooden. Because, you know, they're, they're trying, they'll have a scene where they're trying to convey this great emotion. And, yeah. yet, and yet it's so wooden. It, it, it kind of throw, it takes me out of it. It's that uncanny valley, right? You know, oh, it, yeah. it, just, it pulls me out. But at the same time, I'm, I'm with it. I don't know. It just, it just seems like we're at the limit with what they can do technologically, you know, right yeah. now. But I, and, I enjoy it. And I would say that with Mass Effect 3, that that's, that's definitely very apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that's why, and that's why something like uh, Last of Us really stands out to me um, in terms of, like, the amount of, of uh, depth and nuance. And a lot of that goes into the writing. Like, the writing in Last of Us is probably better than any other, other game that I've played. But the, the sheer, like, world-building and exploration of the Mass Effect series... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know of any other game that's done world building as well as the first Mass Effect, mm-hmm. where you first walk into that Citadel. And, and this is just my, I harp on this, just like the people at Idle Thumbs harp on this and probably thousands of others. But just that, that first time you walk into the Citadel and you find that, you know, you're just, you're, you are humanity and you're trying to stake your place in the galaxy. And everyone else is far more uh, well established than you and you get to just learn all about them. Like that to me is way more interesting than going around and shooting anything. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> that reminds we're, me, Zach. We're role playing. Yeah. I-, I wanted to ask you: Have you played Bullet Storm? Uh, no, but I definitely plan on playing it. And everyone says that it is my game. It it just sounds it, like it would be yeah. your game. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all it, it's basically the 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 Devil May Cry of unreal based first person shooters like yeah. like it's all about style it's all about like ridiculous over the top i played the demo um and i realized like it's it's a little too much in terms of the the broness uh the dude broness of <laughs> yeah, it that's, that's what i didn't like about it yeah well, i'm okay with that i like gears of war so <laughs> yeah some gears so um i also i got a kindle fire recently so i've been trying to find what's good you know on the uh android yeah or modified android um Platform. Have you been Anyways, playing the room? No, I keep reading about it. Is it good? Yeah, I've been playing it on on my iPad. Um, it's one of the many games that I've been playing on my iPad. Way too many. And that's why I'm not going to get into it because there's too many. Um, but the it, it is all about figuring out. It's it's basically like you have a 3D object in front of you, and there are so many unique little secrets and nuances to it, and you mm-hmm. basically just have to unearth them. And that aspect of of revealing and finding secrets. Um, if you ever played a game where you liked finding secrets, you'd probably really like that game. It's two dollars. <laughs> yeah, and I I, I, uh, I played uh, the first two chapters and I got stumped a little bit. And the game, the game does give you an option. It does give you like hints and three three levels of hints if you're stuck. Um, so it does help you through for like if you're if you're the kind of person who likes to cheat, um, mm-hmm. or doesn't, or if you're not, you just don't ever press that button. Um, but the the game is uh, I highly recommend that one because uh, it, it was recently ported to android and it was one of the best games of of 2012 for for ios so that one um i picked up raymond jungle run last night oh good 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 
It just I, I was sitting there smiling. That game's amazing. Yeah, it's it's actually it's probably the best Rayman game there is. Like really, yeah. really, even I, better I mean, than Origins. Or, I mean, Origins is amazing. Origins is amazing, but there's not the 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 simple aspect of being able to run from point A to point B and try to collect everything, and and there's just the nuance of this. It's a runner game, but there's so much nuance to it, mm-hmm. um, and the art and the refining, and it's like they took everything from Origins. They stripped it down to its most essential bits and made it work. Hmm. You know, and, I and could I'll, say Rayman Two. Rayman Two is also really good. No, I think okay. This. I, I I I say what I said without playing Rayman Two, so I, I have to. It's like the, that on the Dreamcast. It's like the refined French version of Super Mario sixty four. Oh wait, no, that's Ugh. right. That's right. No, I played Rayman Ugh. Two. It's the original two D Rayman that I didn't play, but I have played I, Rayman Two, and uh, I have played it on Dreamcast. I hate Mario sixty four. <gasps> Oh all my right, goodness! Right, I'm gonna disconnect Brian right now. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I love Super Why? Mario Galaxy. You like Galaxy? So, oh. Yeah, Galaxy is, is to me is the pinnacle of Mario games. No, I don't think, I don't think you can go any higher than it. No. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong. It's uh, Mario 64. There were levels on it, and I'm trying to think. There's two different types of levels in Mario 64. One of them, they're like straightforward. They're more like galaxy levels. They just you run through them. I can't think of the difference. There's a difference in these two different types of levels, and every galaxy level, took that. Every single level in Super Mario 64 gives you a tiny hint, and then you have to figure it out yourself. I hate that game. And galaxy is wow. like, hey, here's like a thousand dialogue boxes. We'll tell you exactly oh, yeah. what to do the whole time. Yeah, that's one thing that I really didn't like about galaxy. But the the, the aspect of I have to realize personally that I grew up as a Nintendork. Like I was the Nintendo fanboy who, who, with my little clique of 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 nerds, we would defend the N sixty four against the PlayStation to our graves. Well, you should um, have. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, and it was always like you know, well, we got we got GoldenEye and we got we got Mario sixty four and Banjo Kazooie, you know, and. I, I didn't actually talk like that back then, but I'm just saying like that. Look, look, looking <laughs> Maybe back, you like, did. I don't know. Looking back, that was definitely um, the attitude that I had, and I probably shut myself out to um, a lot of the cool things that were happening on PC and and PlayStation, and even even the Saturn back then. Like I, I missed out on a lot of cool things that were on on those systems back then, but mostly because I was a poor uh, a poor white kid, you know. Um, that that the white part didn't really matter, but that the aspen, I, I was I was we were poor and 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 the only thing that we we could barely afford the N sixty four. So like I, most of my game playing back then was actually still on the NES. But the the the, the aspect of of fanboydom is all, often comes straight out of of necessity. Like if you don't have the other systems, you're gonna minimalize how how what they are and defend how awesome yours is. <laughs> well, I got a Genesis and I didn't like it, so. We sold what? it. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. It's strange. Excuse you me? Like, you liked Master System more, didn't you? I did like Master System a lot. I think uh. it's just because I grew up with it. But yeah. I like Gunster Heroes. That was like the game. I still have a cartridge of it. Well, then you can, then you can emulate it legally. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm okay with that. And I have a PS2 version of it. I'm crazy, yeah. So. Oh, you're, you're killing me. The Genesis was my thing, man. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. It's not that I hate the Genesis. It's the games I got for are were really bad. So yeah, you, yeah. you must it, have had bad games. You didn't have uh, Road Rash or yeah, Vector Man or no, Echo Vector the Dolphin Man, yeah. or I had, Echo, Echo the Dolphin was my game, man. Like, I had bad licensed fare. That was kind of my thing. You had what? 
bad licensed fare, like Ren and Stimpy games. Please don't judge me. Yeah, that's that's I'm pretty sorry. bad. I, I mean, I, hey, I had I had that uh, the Ronald McDonald in in uh, Magic Land game. I know um, what you're talking. That's not a bad game, actually. <laughs> it, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. I know. I know. I played it from beginning to end. Um, but uh, <laughs> there was a, there was a ton of uh, really weird games back then. But uh, it's, it's kind of funny because like I look back at a lot of a lot of the games that were great so many years ago, and, and the games that I prefer today. Um, and I find like I, I on my Steam list, I, I actually segment games that are long form versus games that are indie because uh that way i know what i'm going to if i'm going to be playing an rpg i'm going to have to have a window of time or if i'm I'm going to be playing even like uh a standard console style game i'm going to have to have a long time whereas if it's a an indie game or even more so if it's a um an ios game i'm probably not going to be playing it for quite as long so you had mcdonald's treasure land adventure right yeah that's what it was yeah do you know who developed it no treasure Oh well, that explains. Wow. Yeah, that explains why it's actually good. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I'm impressed. Huh. That is impressive. Yeah. So, so I, I, I do want to ask, again, and and I know we're kind of jumping all over the place. Um, have you played? Have either of you guys played Kentucky Route Zero? No? I have not yet. I I was planning. I was I was debating buying the full twenty five dollar series. Um, it's expensive. Yeah, which is which is really expensive for a series that isn't finished yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, funding on Kickstarter in that sense. Um, but, uh, I have not played episode one and I know episode two just came out, but, um, it's one of those things that, uh, despite all of my indie hipsterdoms, I have not indulged in yet. Have you? No, I haven't. I just, I keep looking at it and I'm like, do I do it? Do I not? Cause it looks yeah. like fun. I had a it's... debate about it. I remember. <laughs> but yeah, you haven't played it. No, I haven't played it and probably never will. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a point click adventure mixed with a lot of other things and kind of a, a, a weird surrealist exploration game so if you like uh, weird surrealist exploration adventure uh games then um it's a definite must buy but i'm i I really don't like uh point and click adventures especially if i'm by myself like that whole genre is is distinctly um single player in function but is i as i found at a game sale last time uh two weeks ago um the cave we were playing the cave which isn't a point and click adventure but still an adventure game um, is so much more fun when you have a whole group of people who are like discussing what to do because you feel like you're all thinking about how to try to make it through there, hmm. uh, and that's and that's the appeal to it. And I think huh. that with Kentucky Route Zero or any point and click adventure game, Deponia, Chaos and Deponia, it's um, like a brain trust almost. Yeah, but there there is a, a a fun and a joy that comes from working with uh, other people who are. Are, are thinking together on it and trying to figure out what, how do you combine these three uh, objects into some kind of crazy contraption? Um, I think that appeal and, and that that's what makes something like uh, Kentucky Route Zero um, even more enjoyable. Hmm. Um, I, I, that's just me, you know my my perception after pl- after playing the cave. And I'm going to test that theory uh, at Game Cell this week and see and and let you guys know what what I find out. <laughs> you're going to torture more people, huh? So yeah. what are you guys looking to play? Uh, well, I don't know what we're going to be playing because I, I, I like to try to leave that to each of the guys for them to choose. Far too um, democratic, man. You've got to lay down the law. Hey, I'm, I might I might be... <laughs> One of you needs to be a dictator. I might, Come I'm on, Josh. Be the dictator. I might be a little bit more focused and say, hey, we're going to be playing games off my computer tonight. You get to pick from that, and which, which might be really helpful because you, know, you have too many options and it's overwhelming, but... Uh, the first one, uh, I, I might try some faster than light. 
uh, some FTL, um, and uh, might try some. Um, uh, what's the name of that game? It starts with a B. Uh, the the point and click adventure. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, uh, Botanicula. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that might be. That's the the point and click adventure that I think that would be really really great to try out. Um, also have Machinarium. Yep. Uh, which was by the same developer, um, and that might be those. Those are the two point-and-click adventures that I would definitely try, um, and I have them. And I, it's kind of one of those awkward things where it's like I have them, but I don't play them because I don't. I don't know. I just haven't gotten to them yet. So um, I like. I played. I played uh, Botanicula for like 15 minutes, and I was like, oh, this is really cute, and these cute little plant creature people things, <laughs> um, and and it's interesting. It's just you know I have you know I, I'm I'm not an, an adventure guy, and I don't like playing these games by myself. Uh, so other games that we might play, um, I don't have my, P- I'm on my, my Mac right now, so I don't have my PC uh, game list, but um, I'd, I'd like to see what people think of, uh, with these kids who haven't played a lot of uh, indie games, I'm going to give them the opportunity to pick from like Braid, Super Meat Boy, um, things that are kind of like staples in uh, the indie game in the game scene, uh, just to see what they think. Um, other other games that I have that I was considering, like uh, uh, Dead Light, um, which, which was a... Uh, I got that on a Steam sale like a while back, and it's 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 interesting aesthetically, but it's still like a, a 2D uh, zombie game, a zombie adventure mm. game, which which has some puzzle solving and stuff, so that might make it really good for group. But uh, those those are probably the the some of the main ones that I can think of offhand. Um, oh, Vessel, Vessel is uh, is a uh, one of those games that I very very much appreciate and like, and uh, steampunk. Uh, uh, puzzle platformer which you know has so many unique qualities to it and i would highly recommend um anyone to play um but dungeon hearts dungeon hearts no you don't even like it i don't like it i don't like dungeon hearts yeah i am a bad person i do know that i'm i I, uh but but uh i am redeemed and uh as i learned from uh the medea (laughs) movies um if you are redeemed you can say so so But the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's, um, that's only if you're elected, Josh. Please uh, play Dungeon Hearts. Everyone play Dungeon Hearts. <laughs> I don't want to play Dungeon Hearts. It's so. a dollar and a half. No, I own it. I own it. I, I got it with uh, with one of the the bundles. What was it? The um, uh, Indie Royale. I got yeah. it with one of their bundles. I got it with which, that too. I didn't know how much it cost or whether it was out yet when I bought it. So yeah. So and, and that, that that might be one. Um, and I. There, there's a couple of other other games that we might they might play. I don't know. Um, I want to leave it to. It depends upon who shows up and me trying to appeal to each each individual's interest. And that's and that's the main thing is like I, I when 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 folks come to game sell, I want them to really have the opportunity to feel like the decisions that they're making are theirs. And if they have no idea, then I might steer them a little bit. Um, but I really want to encourage uh, it to be a, a, a real show and tell like this is the kind of game that I like to play, or this is the kind of thing that I'm curious about, you know? Mm-hmm. Makes sense so, to me. Yeah. Cool. Actually, I did buy other games, non-Steam Steel games this week, so... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You because, said that you went to GameStop. Yeah, I wandered around, like, multiple game stops in my area, because this is the best time to buy games, which is basically the transition from one system generation to another. Mm-hmm. So, and I know all these weird tips and tricks. So, here's tip one. If you want to buy uh, games for old systems, go yeah. outside of the mall game stops because apparently their policy in the malls is clear out as much old stuff as possible. Huh. So, but if you go into the outskirts, right, you can yeah. find PS2 games and PSP games and GameCube and Xbox still. They're still out in the wild. Huh. 
Yeah. That's interesting. So that's strange. And then secondly, if you basically now they're trying to get rid of everything in, you know, anticipation of the next system generation. So like the Wii wall is totally stocked with these like one or two dollar games that are actually really good. It's just that they are trying to get rid of them. (laughs) Maybe this is time to go and get some Wii games. Yeah, it really is. I mean, just wall trauma center. Trauma Center, I believe the there's a five dollar one and a ten dollar one. Okay. Off the top of my head. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a bunch of other strange things. I've bought in a lot of strange games. Oh Lots well, of- I, I don't believe that. You buy strange games? Come on. <laughs> a boy and his blob. I got for seven dollars. Stuff. Oh like wait, that. which one was was that for? That's for the Wii. Yeah. Oh. oh is it, that is that the remake? Yeah, that's the remake one. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, I, I was. I remember. I remember being super curious about that one. That, I, I thought that was only download only. No, there's a Apparently disc copy. Not. Apparently, cool. it's pretty rare, but GameStop yeah. doesn't know that. So. Yeah. How much? Did, how much did you get it for? Seven. Okay. It is basically mint condition because people yeah. who played the actual good Wii games, kind of bought them, played them, and then traded them in. Yeah, understood. I, I don't mean, know why. <laughs> mo- probably mostly because people who buy Wii games don't think of it as a collecting kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it will be soon. That's why I'm kind of. Yeah, which is, out every store. yeah, definitely now is the time to kind of do that. Yeah, and there and there's there's some really unique Wii games out there, like uh, Red Steel Two. Like, there's no other game that's like that. Yeah, it's very strange. Oh, that's seven dollars also. So go pick that up. Yeah, I I would recommend it. The only thing that I didn't like about it was that there was just very long load times. Um, but um, yeah, I I know I know the creative director on that one. It's just like I really highly, I highly respect it. Um, I know that uh, it's better than Skyward Sword using the stupid Wiimote. Yeah. Yeah, and and Skyward Sword was was is also one of those like which is forty five dollars still. Yeah. Oh come on. <laughs> yeah. Any any like straight up like major Nintendo it's release insane. like even Mario Mario Kart's probably still like forty forty five bucks. They're all fifty dollars straight still, uh, other than Punch Out, and yeah, pretty yeah. much. It's a strange strange thing. Because I want to buy all those, but I just don't want to pay that much. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and you might have to wait until. Well, I guess, I mean, since the Wii U is already out, like, I, I guess, it, I mean, the, the backwards compatibility thing might be what, what still keeps their value high. Yeah. Mario Galaxy 2 is overpriced. I think it's like $55 on Amazon. And, I, and yeah. I would agree with that. It's not as, the first game's better than the second. Oh, yeah, that's it, good to The know. weirdest thing for me is I, I, I had actually rented uh, Galaxy 2, and I remember, like, it was literally, like, they, they decided to retell the exact same story, and it was like, they decided, let's take the first one was and try to do the exact same thing again only better they were like, there were all the leftover levels oh it, they were actually leftovers i didn't know that yeah that's that's uh, there were all concepts that they had been working on but they didn't have time to shove into the first one so they uh-huh. made a second game oh that's neat yeah i mean that, that makes you know that, that's an interesting way to monetize what they already I don't like had it. as assets <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like a director's cut yeah at least yoshi's in it right yeah, no that makes it worse the control's terrible <laughs> I don't like Yoshi. I don't like Luigi. I just hey. Oh, I want the new. I want the Wii Kirby game, but again, fifty dollars. Wow, that's like whatever, man. Yeah, that's nuts. That's all right. So it sounds like we might be done for today. Yeah, probably. <laughs> if we could stop talking. Just be gun. Come on, I'm awake now. <laughs> all right, all right. Real quick, real quick, uh, Brian. Uh, I'm just going to quick do a, a rattle off of some of the iOS games that I've been playing. Do it. Um, that I would really highly recommend, and I don't know if there is, I haven't investigated yet to see if there is a, uh, a Google Play equivalent. Um, but number one, Horn, which is uh, a, um, uh, for lack of a better term, a Infinity Blade-like. 
yeah, Horn, H-O-R-N, is an Infinity Blade-like. Um, yeah. it, it with a, a lot more of a um, adventure quality, so it's kind of like somewhere between Infinity Blade and Zelda, and play as okay. a kid. Um, has an interesting story, and most notably um, has a uh, Austin Wintery soundtrack. So the soundtrack in it is absolutely phenomenal. Okay. Um, some cool like, role-playing elements, really good, highly recommended. Uh, Super Monsters Eat My Condo. Um, <laughs> Why would they do that? <laughs> that is such a great title. Uh, it is a slightly physics-based match three game. Uh, which is um, a Adult Swim uh, based. Uh, it's probably it's probably one of the best puzzle games that I've played uh, in a long time. What is it called? Super Monsters Ate My Condo. I'm looking it up. Um, it is it is all about um, matching three condo pieces, and you're basically sliding off condos and tossing them to the monsters to eat. Huh. And if you match three, they become a more reinfined. Uh, 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 infrastructure so like three of the same color turn into a bronze uh yeah it's it's on both stores this sounds like a really old this sounds like a really old puzzle game by capcom actually yeah and it might be very 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 similar called uh one piece mansion one piece mansion yeah that actually sounds pretty similar they might be the same game um Uh, what else uh also nihilumbra um uh n-i-h-i-l-u-m-b-r-a which is uh takes place uh you're basically a member of the void who's gotten spit out. No one likes you. No one wants you. But you uh, combine colors to uh, for simple platforming puzzles. Um, so it's kind of a puzzle platformer with uh, a really unique uh, art style. It's it's one of the best games on iOS that I've played in a while. Um, or in in a um, uh, just it's just unique. I, I can't even really explain much more than that. Yeah, just um, just on iOS. Yeah, ju- okay, that one's just on iOS. Um, and uh, God of Blades. God of Blades is a very, very unique <laughs> art. I, I know, terrible name. The name uh, is great. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it sounds a lot like, uh, you know, God of War or something like that. But um, it's based on, like, ni- 1970s style uh, um, noir. Uh, not noir, wrong word. Um, I don't know the right word. But the, the basically um, sci-fi, like, like really obscure, um, weird artsy sci-fi uh you know this is this is the the, the undead king from the the realm of nihilara and yeah, it's on both. okay i highly recommend that just fantastic art style but it's a, a runner uh which is uh, oh. entirely based on uh sword play so your character is running and other characters are running directly at you in kind of like a battle battlefield setup but if you, you have three different uh four different ways you can swipe you can swipe back for blocking Swipe up for for down uh, for uh, downward attack and down for an upward attack, um, and or uh, towards the enemy for a spinning attack, um, and each one has uh, strengths and weaknesses, and it's it's actually pretty challenging. Uh, haven't completely gotten through it, but the art style in it is uh, just so. Uh, there's nothing out, out else out there like it, so I really highly recommend that. Huh. It's on PC I- also. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot that it was on PC. Um, and they also actually created a free game for um, uh, Venus Patrol, uh, which is a, a two-player version of it, where you can basically one person controls WASD and the other person controls on your uh, arrow keys, and you're basically running at, a, running at one another and seeing who can last the longest, um, which uh, I can't remember the name of it, but um, if you go into Venus Patrol and look up under free games, I'm sure you'll find it under there. Um, but yeah, so those are those are just a, a quick rundown of uh, the iOS games that I highly recommend that I'm that are in my. I'm trying to review and and play them and maybe throw them out there as a, a follow Friday or, or five app Friday thing for Super. 
Super Monsters Ate My Condo looks like I'm going after that. <laughs> yeah, you, you, I, I highly, highly recommend that one. And that, that one's free, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got that one for free. When did Adult Swim start making good games? It's um, very bizarre. <laughs> yeah, and they also made uh, Robot Unicorn Attack. I looked at that, too. <laughs> Such a which, great game. Which people really, really like. Robot, The sequel that just came out. Um, right, it's it's free. Super Monsters is free. Yeah. yeah. Super so, oh, Puzzle you've, Platformer. You've sold me, man. <laughs> So at least at least I got I got you one um, one out super, of Super House of Dead Ninjas. Oh, Super House of Dead Ninjas. That's one that I that uh, yeah that that's the other really really good one. We saw a lot of advertising for that at PAX East. Um, Super but, House um, of Dead Ninjas. Yeah, I played the the free version of that on on the Adult Swim website, and it's really really good. And I considered getting it for Steam, but I just I already spent too much money on Steam, and I don't want to do that anymore. It's two dollars and sixty seven cents for right now. So yeah, it's tempting. Wow. And Super Puzzle Platformer. Deluxe. Oh yeah, yeah, that one's also really good. And I, I want to play that. My, yeah, those were in my wish list for a while. Wow. Okay. Cool. So th- that's that. Uh, that that is uh, uh, today's list of uh, way too many games. Um, if the way for too nothing many. else, yeah, if for nothing else, people who are listening to this are going to have uh, should should be uh, completely overwhelmed, and I don't apologize. Oh, I'll I'll throw out one more thing. Uh, if if you <laughs> haven't played Nights into Dreams, you are a very sad person. <laughs> I played it for 15 minutes. Does it's that count? It's so wonderful and happy. It's like I the other. It Toys R Us. It's the other Sonic game. You <laughs> know what I mean? It launched. It's yeah, the I other Sonic Team game so before Sonic Team was horrible. The art <laughs> yeah. style is terrible. What Knights? <laughs> yes, it is so terrible. Oh, it is gross. You're a bad person. <laughs> See, I hate Mario 64. I hate your Knights, man. I just, I'm telling you. Knights is great. Ugh. <laughs> I didn't even play it during my childhood, and I know it's great. Oh, so terrible. <laughs> oh, go buy it. It's $5 on Steam. You hate this, so you should go buy it. Yeah. Help me out. I want Sega to release more games. Yeah, Sega does does need to release more games or actually like make more themselves. Are they ever going to release Skies of Arcadia for uh, digital download? Please. Let it go. It's okay. Why? That Why? It's so slow. Like I, love, I loved it when I played it on Dreamcast when it came out, but it's so slow. Yep. It's slow. Well, that's that's because the load times are horrible. Well, the load times are slow, but I mean, like even the combat, like just going from like load screen to combat. I, I don't know. I don't like that stuff. I ha- I have maybe, maybe on PC it's faster. If they get it on the PC, maybe all that stuff will be a whole lot faster. My Dreamcast doesn't run it right. That's my problem. Uh, like yeah. I have to I have to take the Dreamcast, put it in, and then turn it upside down. Understood. I don't understand why. <laughs> that's bizarre. All right. Well. I think we've just basically destroyed everyone's brains. Yeah. The games we discussed, including ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like, oh, I have to go play this or something. We're all a bit burnt out. <laughs> all right. Well, so without further ado, let's wrap this up. Wrap, wrap, wrap. <laughs> Whoa. Word, man. Word. This, Word. This is, this is getting bad. I think we Word, should just stop you right heard? there. <laughs> okay. So this is the Theology Gaming Podcast. <laughs> we basically talked about games for an hour and a half. Now Though brought to you by games. Now brought to you by games. <laughs> games are fun. Games Play games. Are... Yeah. Or else. <laughs> brought to you by fun. Trademarked. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you'd like to hear more of this, subscribe to our podcast. Uh, go on iTunes if you liked it. Give us a five-star rating or don't give us a rating at all. Because apparently <laughs> if you don't give us a five-star rating, we don't get any sad yeah uh if you'd like to read more content uh brian hall can be found at johnny b gamer joshua color can be found everywhere no just just 
just Game Church and and Love Subverse is fine, I guess. I mean, I don't. Substance TV. Yeah, Substance TV and Game Church, I think, are probably the places where I write the most lately. And not on Theology Gaming, but we let you on the podcast. Hey, hey, I, 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 I have an idea for pitch. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me later, not now. (laughs) Don't spoil it. All right. So, with all of that said. Uh, thanks for listening to us ramble on about video games. <laughs> and uh, have a good day. Bye-bye. Love you guys. Adios.